everyone, David James Young here, back again for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Wonderful to be back. Apologies for the delay. It's been a pretty busy couple of weeks, but I'm getting around to uh, working through this backlog of really, really great chats, and I'm very excited to share this one with you today. Uh, we got a double. Uh, so instead of having uh, two separate chats, I decided to roll these two together. Uh, these two tour mates, these two songwriters, singers, guitar players, and wonderful, wonderful people that I am absolutely chuffed to call friends of mine. Our guests today are Antonia Susan and Landy Hecht. Uh, they front their respective bands, the Lazy Susans and Muncie Girls. And both of those bands were recently out doing a national tour of Australia. I got to see them twice on that tour at Radbar in Wollongong and also at Crowbar in Sydney, the latter of which is where this takes place, upstairs there. I want to thank Crowbar for their accommodation and I want to thank friend of the show Ben David of The Heartaches for helping to set this one up. This was a cool one as I've known Tones for a couple of years but I didn't know much about their backstory and I barely knew Landy at all. We'd only ever met one time when uh, Muncie Girls came out here and toured with the Heartaches so I'd only ever met them the once and so it was a real interesting chat to get to know both of these people and a bit more about their own stories etc. Uh, obviously, both come from very different backgrounds, culturally and musically, so it was cool to see them kind of come together. We also got to teach Landy about the uh, the joy of Missy Higgins, so there's a there's a there's a plus to that as well. <laughs> I want to give a big thank you to Antonia and Landy for taking the time to chat to me. Both acts have recent releases out that I would strongly recommend. The Lazy Susans have an EP entitled Are You Okay? And it's out now through Resist Records. Whereas Munzee Girls have a album out called Fixed Ideals. And it is out in Australia via Lost Boy Records. So definitely check those two out if you haven't already had the chance. As always, a big thank you as well to Adam Buncher for assisting with the audio editing on this one, and a big thank you to all the patrons supporting over on patreon.com, keeping the lights on over at Bar Bands HQ. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to help out financially for as little as $1 a month, you can do so by supporting my Patreon which covers all of my various writing and musical and podcasting projects, and it's all massively, massively appreciated. So you can head over to patreon.com slash davidjamesyoung for more info on that. If you don't have any money, that is obviously completely fine. I have been in that position myself, obviously. That is why I have a Patreon, but uh, yeah. You can also help out by leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts and subscribing and downloading wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, yeah, spreading the word whenever and wherever you can. If someone is out uh, looking for a new podcast, maybe, or perhaps they're a fan of one of the artists that we've talked about and they maybe want to know a little bit more about them, then this is the perfect avenue to do so. So definitely... Definitely do that. Uh, every little bit counts, and I appreciate any and all listeners and supporters of this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we'll get into it right now 
let's have a chat with the wonderfully talented Antonia Susan and Landy Hecht. Shows have been really fun. Mm. It's been a lol. Yeah. A lol. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. yeah. A lot of laughing out loud. Yeah. That's what you want. Did you two meet on the last time you were here? I don't no, know. I don't no. think so. No. no. I didn't want to be like, no, 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 no. We spoke for an hour. Do you know yeah. 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 I just pulled my heart out to you. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. When someone's just like, do you remember this show? I'm just like, yeah, I know it's so. It happens a lot, and it's happened to me a lot. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. But uh, I'm glad that we cleared that. Yeah, up. It's, it's a no. So yes, it's a firm no. Firm no. <laughs> so this was the first encounter so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. First, first impressions. Yeah. What, what were the first impressions? Um. <laughs> Such a high pressure question. <laughs> um. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Positive. That's right. Yeah, just positive all impression. positive things. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was the last tour that Muncie Girls did with the Heartaches, uh, which is where we met for the first time. Mm-hmm. How did you How did you sync up with Heartaches originally? I don't know. Something to do with the internet. Ah. Ben David, okay. the internet, Facebook, something else. Basically, I think they wanted to bring over a UK band. Right. And then it turned out to be us. And so... We flew over, you know. Beautiful. We, I think we all added each other on Facebook a bit before the tour. Ah, uh, yeah. Exchanged a couple of friendly words, and then the rest is history. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Tones, we met, I want to say, about three or four years ago, I think, when you were just a little tacker. I reckon three years ago. Just starting out. Yeah. I think we would have played a couple of shows together. Yeah. Uh, through a mutual acquaintance and lifetime friend of the show, Rachel Redcox. Yeah, definitely. You were super, super green at that point. You just started playing, hadn't you? Yeah, I'd never played my original songs in front of other people before then. Oh, goodness. I didn't think anyone would want to hear them, to be honest. <laughs> I thought I'd just cry alone in my room and... That'll be that, but I mean, it's, it's a viable option. <laughs> I mean, really I still sad. do. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks that's really well, sad? Well, yeah, that's sort of my vibe, so... Yeah. Love it. Have you heard those songs? No. 
No. Yeah, they're mostly they're mostly bombers. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, they're up there. Yeah, it's like a Trojan horse. Yeah. So I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where maybe you were watching it on TV, listening to it on the radio, that sort of thing, where it changed over to being something where it was like, this is what I want to do, I want to sing, I want to play instruments, I want to be in a band. Tones, we'll start with you. How did music kind of factor into like your childhood and your upbringing? And like, was there any particular, like, that's what I want to do moment? Yeah, from literally the moment that I could hold a guitar, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Oh, like, wow. I've always dreamed of like doing this. I just never thought it was possible for some reason. Yeah. I don't know, just because people like um, ingrain into you, oh, like, it's so hard to actually like make it in the music scene and they make mm. it all about like success when really it's not about that if you really love music mm. you just do it for the love of it yeah and that's what i've learned and yeah absolutely loving it yeah beautiful. just living the dream hell yeah yeah <laughs> like uh what kind of stuff were you like really obsessed with like growing up like were there any did you have like any particular like guitar heroes or anything like uh, that avril lavigne hell yeah <laughs> um, the true guitar hero avril lavigne missy higgins Evanescence, they were like my main inspiration. The big three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a prime collection yeah. right there. That's some good shit. Landy, what about you? I still don't know if it is what I want to do. Well. You know? Because I also really want to go to uni. Sure. And study like politics and gender studies and those kinds of things. Mm. And I don't know, I also like drawing and stuff. So I think when I was a kid... We, me and my friends were really into skateboarding. Yeah. And then we got into pop punk and we played in a band together. Like you do. From when we were 10. And then, so it was skateboarding, punk rock and drawing. Yeah. And it's honestly never changed. Yeah. Like, it's not like I knew I wanted to do that. It's just, those are my interests. Like, I yeah. don't really like to do anything else. Yeah. So I don't think it's, I've never really thought about it. Yeah, like sure. I've never thought like that's what I want to do or, or I want to get to a certain point or I want to yeah. I don't really have any goals like I had a few goals when I was about 17 but they were putting out a 7 inch and going to play the fest and we did those ages ago so after that Locked I was just it. like yeah yeah cool. <laughs> it's just a victory yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. every, every tour's a reunion tour yeah, <laughs> yeah literally yeah. <laughs> so did you grow up in the Blue Mountains? Yes, yes I do. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if you've had the chance to, to go up there in your in your travels yet. No. Maybe. Um, are they blue? Dabba-dee-dabba-dee. Uh, they are, yeah, it's like a very kind of like isolated community, like like way out in the very far west of Sydney. And it's like, was uh, it the kind of thing where everyone that is into that like niche thing is just like, well, we have to be friends. We have no other options here. Well, I actually never really found myself in the Blue Mountains music scene. Yeah, right. Personally, um, I'm sure there is a really great one. Yeah. But I had never found a really emotional punk uh, scene in the Blue Mountains. It's, sure, yeah. There's more like blues, there's jazz, and there's like a lot of cover rock bands. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and there's not a huge amount of like live music venues there. Yeah, sure. Um, so I personally never really actually found much of a group there. When I found you guys like Rachel Maria Cox that was my first sort of entering into the world of other musicians that I actually connected with um yeah, so right. more like the Sydney 
I guess, music scene. Yeah. So you didn't have any, like, friends that were into the same sort of stuff as you? No. Yeah, right. I was the only emo. Solo endeavor. Yeah, just a little solo emo. That's perfect for an emo as well. Yeah, right, yeah. totally. <laughs> the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Landy, whereabouts did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Exeter in Devon. Right. Um, which is like, it's kind of, well, it's a really small city. Right. So it's just like a town, basically, mm. in the southwest of England. And like around Exeter is very rural. Yeah. But there's an amazing music scene. So right. there's this venue called the Exeter Cavern, mm. which is where we grew up playing shows and stuff. And I ended up working there for like seven years. But yeah, we would see like American punk bands touring. They would always like come through Exeter, which is like, it's quite a way away from anywhere else. But mm. people, but bands would play there because it's so cool. Yeah, It's a good place. Um, and then there were loads of cool local bands that would end up going on tour and doing cool stuff. So I think we kind of learned how to be a band and that's where I kind of understood what it was to like be part of a scene was yeah. by going right. to shows down there, basically. Yeah, yeah. When was the first time you played live? Um, it was at my high school. Uh, I played <laughs> an original song. It was called She Hates Herself. <laughs> and I remember my teacher asking me, are you okay after I played <laughs> oh that? And God. everyone was like... The quiet nerd has feelings. <laughs> um, so, yeah, after that I didn't really play much. At, at the <laughs> was it discouraging? Because <laughs> <A little bit, laughs> yeah. everyone was so shocked, I didn't think it was that. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was a deep song. Like, yeah. yeah. Was that like assembly or like music class? Yeah, or? it was assembly. Yeah, Love wow. It. Yeah. How old were you? I was 15. Oh, bless. Yeah. Other nights of games. <laughs> and Landy, you said you were ten when you started playing. Yeah. Holy shit! I reckon. I reckon we played a few talent shows as our our band, we're, and our band transformed through many different stages. Yeah. And Dean joined when we were thirteen, and then when we were seventeen, that's when it became Muncie Girls. Right. So what was it originally called? We have many names, none of which I care to dig up in this interview. No, they were great, but you know, it's a story for another time. So where did you play for the first time? Oh, we played like, yeah, school assemblies, talent shows, but we also played at the cavern was the first actual gig when we were 12, I think. They let you in there? Well, it, it was a special... The licensing is that you're supposed to be 16, but it was a special, like, I don't know, kiddie band day. And then there was this other thing which was, like, uh, every Friday night or something. I don't know. It was called Feedback, and there were, like, bands used to play there, and that was pretty cool. So that was every Friday. So we played there a few times, and we played, like, random... You know, when you're a kid, you don't play venues. You sort of play in a field. Yeah, 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 Like a fate. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and we played in a hut in a park for our friend's birthday. And just a few things like that, you know? Mm. Just doing the circuit, really. (laughs) Working the circuit. Working the circuit. When I was a kid, I had a um, a little band with my brother and my next-door neighbour, and we'd have shows in my bedroom. I would play the drums Mm. and sing, Mm -hmm. and my brother would play guitar. And we'd charge our parents like 20 cents to come in and they'd come and sit down and we'd do a little show. Oh, sick. <laughs> so did you do your own sound? Like you yeah, did the door for yourself? Yeah, pretty terrible, yeah. But DIY till you die. Hell yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What, what kind of stuff were you playing at like growing up? Like was it like all covers? Like when did yeah. you start like writing your own shit? It was all covers until we were like 14 maybe. Yeah. But we would play Senses Fail. Yes. Taking Back Sunday. Uh-huh. 
but also Led Zeppelin. Yeah, when no, you're a kid, you're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Do. We did. I think probably a bit of Green Day, uh, maybe some Newfound Glory, but also Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like it, we just yeah, did. we did that's some archetypal high school band stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You basically, you, you throw in like Nirvana and Blink, and you've got bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't touch those bands for some reason. I remember I was really into the movie life, rancid, yeah, hot water music. Of course, there was just and then loads and loads of pop punk. Yeah, Mest. Yes. Rufio. Holy shit. Yeah. God damn. That's I some, loved it. Some names I have. My, I have an older sister, and I used to steal her compilation CDs that yeah, her friends yeah. made. And that was where I got introduced to all those bands when I was about 10. That's so It was classic. <laughs> so what stuff were you covering back in the day? I did like Green Day covers. There you go. But I didn't actually do many covers. Like I have never been that into doing covers. Yeah, I remember right. I did this one cover a lot. Um, I think it was called Kryptonite. You know, oh, Three Doors Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd play that all the time. And unfortunately, Wonderwall as well, quite a lot. Classic. I mean, um, it comes with the territory. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of Missy Higgins here and there. Yeah. And actually a bit of Avril. Let's say, I, maybe Who's I did Missy see Higgins. That? Missy Higgins? Yeah. So Missy Australian Hig- yeah. icon. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very prolific and popular. I don't think they were popular in the UK. No, though. no. Uh, very, like, Australia-centric yeah, uh, in terms nice. of popularity. Like got discovered at like age 16 and it's kind of like you know you know when you get discovered at that age you become become this like child prodigy and like Mm -hmm. yeah and so basically like she's in her like late 30s now and and she's like grown up in front of australia you know yeah she's like amazing is she a national treasure yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah (laughs) Yeah. she's got a lot of yeah the first like big artist i heard that sang with the australian accent and made me think oh maybe i can actually do that too Mm. Yeah, yeah 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 Like yeah, a lot of lot of mid two thousands feels. There's yeah. a yeah, there's a lot of stories there. You should definitely play the sound of white in the van. I yeah, reckon. Yeah, yeah. Bust that one out. <laughs> Plenty of classics on that uh, one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole album. Oh gosh, high school ends. The band is still going. It's now evolved into what it is now. Like, mm-hmm. did you only ever have the one band? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. That's bizarre. Well, like, I've done I've done other bands as well, but right, always yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah, I never had a break from the band I started when I was ten. Unreal. On my tenth birthday, because I got a bass for my tenth birthday. Yeah. And my best friend Sam got a drum pad thing. Yeah. Um, and so we started a band together where we literally just did Less Than Jake covers. Sick. It was classic. Um, and then yeah, it just went on and on. But I didn't really enjoy it. I don't think we even liked doing it. <laughs> We just did it because it's what you do. It's kind of like, okay, let me put it like this. It's like playing Crash Bandicoot, which is also what we did, for like six hours a day. You're not enjoying it at all, but what else are you going to do? Some of those levels are fucking torture. I know. (laughs) You spend ages on it. And then, should we play? Yeah, sure. You know, for a bit. (laughs) And that's that. But yeah, I don't think I really... It wasn't until I was 16 I started going to shows that I really actually like fell in love with playing and watching bands because yeah. before that it was just like oh band practice it was like one of those things that you you didn't want to stop doing but you yeah. also didn't really want to do it yeah. you know and then I, I didn't feel like an actual feeling of enthusiasm until I started going to punk shows yeah right changed totally. my life hell yeah also ruined my life slightly <laughs> swings and roundabouts yeah yeah just a tad <laughs> Tones what was kind of the switch on moment for you like you know after like high school, were you still like trying to play shows through high school and stuff like that, or was it just like 
always in the back of your head that you, there was something you wouldn't really pursue. I really wanted to play shows, but I genuinely had no idea how to go about it. Yeah, right. Because in the Blue Mountains, if you wanted to get a show, you had to do like a cover set, just yeah, doing yeah. covers. And I didn't want to do that. I don't find that gives me as much passion as playing originals. Mm. And um, I just didn't really have a platform to do it. And I, yeah, I never thought that it would be possible. But then I met, like, I, after high school, I... Um, I met like Rachel Marie Cox and everyone in the music scene through there and and finally discovered that there's this whole community of people that actually enjoy the kind of music that we write. Yeah. What's the music scene like for you growing up, Landy? Like, was it, you know, kind of very community-driven, DIY aesthetics, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, the, the venue in Exeter, the cabin, it opened in 1991. Wow, yeah. Um, and it opened so that they could put on Fugazi because they needed an all-ages venue. Wow. And so that's, like, the reason why they started it. And it's the same owners, like, for that whole entire time. That's amazing. They're still running it. And, like, yeah, it's always been really cool. But it's yeah. it's been more... It's DIY based on um, sort of Discord house yeah. rather than... I don't know. It, it's... For me, like, in the UK, all the places that we've been to it's completely unique. Yeah. And anywhere. I've never found anywhere that's quite like the Cavern or yeah. Exeter. But also, like, because I know it so well, I think it would be hard to find somewhere. Other people might make comparisons, but yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, there are there are some, like, younger people who do, like, super DIY shows, but yeah. essentially, like, it's not super DIY, because yeah. although the people who started it started it, yeah. and that's DIY, but the generations that come along, you're then renting, hiring a, a venue for the night. Mm. So you're not doing a DIY show anymore, anymore yeah. you know? DIY show is a reclaimed space. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you're doing the door yourself, you're doing everything yourself, whereas at the cavern, you... I don't know. It, it's it's somewhere in between DIY and slightly bigger stuff. Yeah, But it's sure. punk rock, like, for sure. Yeah, totally, yeah. So, totes, like, you were saying, like, you had to kind of get out of the Blue Mountains and start travelling around a bit in order to, like, start... I guess, like, defining what you wanted to do and what you wanted to get out of playing music and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you remember about those first few shows of, like, getting out there and, like, travelling up to, like, Newcastle and then into the city and Sydney and stuff like that? I just remember being really shocked that people were actually, like, paying attention to my songs and yeah. coming up afterwards and, like, saying that, like, this song made me cry and stuff like Aww. this and this song meant a lot to me and things like that. Like, yeah. I just never experienced that before and it was just a really special feeling. Amazing. Yeah. At what point, Landon, did you guys start, like, travelling around, like, the bigger part of the, the UK? Like, obviously, you know, it's one thing to, you know, be playing around your local area and stuff like that, but, like, were you travelling much to, like... We never area? played around. Like, we always played in the cabin. Yeah. And the next show we played was, like, out of city and yeah. then yeah but I think we were 18 so we did our first tour when we were 18 I think yeah it was just in the UK who was that with? Uh, it was just us yeah and our friend John Shu booked it um, and we borrowed my mum's people carry a car hell yeah and I think Luke was the only one who was old enough to be insured to drive <laughs> it and um, we packed a whole backline into a car and so we had all the we had stuff on our laps like all the way to the ceiling and it was just the three of us. Good times. We were actually talking about it earlier because some of the shows were just completely tragic. Yeah, but it, right. was, it was a lot of fun. What kind of like places were you um, Well, probably we did Exeter, 
Southampton, Brighton, London, maybe we probably did Cardiff or Swansea, Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, yeah. maybe Scotland, maybe Newcastle, those kind of places. Yeah. Basically, and, and you haven't been to any of those places before? Yeah, like a couple. Like, right. you mean with the band or just like at myself? all? Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe a couple I'd probably been with my family yeah. once, but yeah. Yeah, we basically everywhere we've been, we've been for the first time as a band, so yeah. it's pretty exciting. That's unreal. Mm. Terms of what point, uh, I guess, you know, you've been doing this for a while now, like, what point did you start noticing that, you know, like, more people were coming along, more people, like, knew the words and stuff like that? Like, uh, was there any kind of particular moment for you where you're just like, holy shit, this is happening, you know? I don't, I don't know if there was, like, a certain point. Yeah. I know, like, we... Our biggest show that we played, like, where we were like, wow, this is a lot of people watching us all at once. Yeah. We um, supported Slutface at the Oxford Art Factory. Yeah, yeah. And it was just packed out, and I was just so shocked because there was, like, a photo of it later on, and I thought there'd be, like... In the photo, you could see in the crowd people like looking at their phones bored or like talking to each other, but everyone's like literally facing forward, like paying rapt attention. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's and then awesome. I think ever since then, like especially when we play like more intimate shows, like um, this tour, especially as well, we notice like a lot more people are singing along to the words and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. What about you, Landy? Was there any particular moment along like the, the touring life of? of Muncie's where, you know, it felt like it was, you know, bigger than before, like, the things were changing. Not really. Yeah. Like, not to be depressing, but I've no. never felt like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think, but I think even if it did get, like, more to that level, I wouldn't notice it. Yeah. Because I just constantly think, like, oh, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes us. <laughs> it's so classic. It's so like, easy to feel like that. Yeah. Classic and also to focus on, like, the shows where three people come. Yeah. That's what I remember every single time. Yeah. And, like, it's exactly, like, this conversation we're having today. Mm. You remember the shows where everything goes wrong and it's oh, totally. tragically awful. Yeah. So, no, not really. Like, I, there's been, like, a couple shows, for sure, where I've been, like... Oh my god, that's weird. Like, loads of people seem to be here. Yeah. But I'll just think to myself, oh, they must just all be here for someone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, know that. Yeah, with those really, support shows. I've definitely never thought that. Yeah, oh, they're all here for me. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, in the last few years, like, you know, like as you said, like things have, you know, kind of gotten gradually bigger and bigger. And, like, I don't know, like, how have the four, how do you feel like the four of you have handled that? Like, yeah, especially, you know, moving to Melbourne and, you know, like, putting, like, all of your time and energy into the band now in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, well, we're all, like, best friends, so we, we're just loving it, like, getting to hang out and play stage together, and obviously there's a bit of anxiety that comes along with everything when, yeah. when you live with mental illness, but you deal with that, and, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Not the mental illness, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough. Highly it's recommend <laughs> Well, obviously, you know, the people in your band you've known for, you know, most of your entire life. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, do you feel like everything that the three of you have gone through together as musicians and as friends, etc., has, has been, like, the through line? That's the thing that's kind of kept everything together in terms of the band and in terms of, like, pursuing it, etc. Maybe, yeah. I think, like, for us, we've been through so much together. Like, yeah. Like, our first show was in 2010, mm. and we've been to like 
Japan, Australia twice, we've been to America, and we've toured like so much in Europe, it's insane. So I think in, just in terms of like traveling, like I'm a really anxious person, mm. so I think like they've seen a lot of like low points from me, yeah. which is definitely like, yeah, I've shown my, my vulnerable side to yeah. them, so I feel like we're very, very close kind of friends, and also we've been friends for so long now that... Yeah, I think it's got to the stage now where it's just so surreal. Yeah, totally. Like, how are we still mates and how are we still in a band? Yeah. I don't know how it hasn't fallen apart. Yeah. Maybe it will Yeah, you hear about some (laughs) bands that absolutely hate each other. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't even talk to each other. Have like separate dressing rooms. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, get to their shows in different um, transports. Yeah, Yeah. that's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'll It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. When both of you go solo and ditch the rest of them. Love it. <laughs> oh dear. Alright, so we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, and now it is your turn. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. Elena, you go first. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll talk about the worst show because that's easy. <laughs> I've got a lot to choose from. Of course. <laughs> and whilst I'm doing that, I'll think about the best show. Um, no, but I reckon probably the worst show was when. We played, it was in this tiny town in Germany called Gießen. Okay. And we got put, the guy who put us on is, it's in a squat basically. Mm. And he puts on shows, he's like a heart surgeon. So he makes loads and loads of money. So he doesn't really promote the shows because he just does it as a hobby. So he doesn't ma- it doesn't matter that nobody comes. Yeah. So he puts on all these shows and nobody comes and he just pays the bands anyway. So you end up feeling guilty and it's weird. Anyway, but we went there and literally nobody came to the show whatsoever. But he's put on like this like this huge rider, he's made dinner, it's all really nice. And there's this bloke who gets there before doors and his hair looks like a pineapple. Like, looks loads like a pineapple. And he rocks up in a sports car. And none of us knew who he was. And then, um, apparently he was se- he was trying to sell us, like, fake passports. <laughs> Among, uh, like, other substances. And he was, he, he was putting his hands in all the food. It was really weird. Anyway, wow. then when the show came around, it was an American band. An American, like, death core jazz kind of band interesting it was like so band, yeah. wrong I hated it Ooh. anyway they were playing and it looked exactly like they were playing in slow motion like literally slow motion right. it was insane that's also the same venue where we played there once before mm. when it was the world cup like the football world cup right. and Germany won and because it's like a nationalist German town and we're oh, English no. we weren't allowed to go outside out of the venue because uh, they told us like if you leave like this venue you're not safe sort of thing so they had to put the shutters down and lock us in this like squat overnight (laughs) whilst the town just went back it's the same place Um, but best show I don't know I reckon it's really hard to tell because there's been so many like incredible places that we've seen and like nice scenes and like DIY communities and stuff which is awesome but probably like our London when we did our first album we did the release show in London and I think that was like it was just a really nice time yeah loads of people were there it was our first ever like sold out headline show and like it just felt really nice and like it was just great to see so many friends there like supporting us which is really cool I reckon that's my favourite show nice 
Terms are right here. I don't know how to top that story. <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> Gotta go to small town yeah, Germany, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the action. I guess deep. our worst show um, was when we had very just started as a band and we played a show in Newcastle um, and. We were supporting this band, mm. and they had brought heaps of friends, yeah. but we were on first, and yeah. we played, and they all literally went outside, and we were just talking to each other during our set, and we literally played to the guy who worked at the bar, but he loved it. We finished, and he was like, that was great, and so at least one person enjoyed it, but I guess that was a pretty sad moment, because oh, um, they were all outside too, it's like, come on, mm. but anyway. Oh, that's the worst. Um, and best show, like Landy said, like there's been so many good ones, it's hard to choose like one, but I'd say when we released the Closure EP, yeah. we did a, um, it was one of our first like headline shows and it was at the Doonside house show. Oh, hell yeah. And um, the EP had been out for like a day or two days or something mm. um, and we played the songs and literally everyone sang along to every word pretty much like of the songs and I was like this is insane this, the songs have been out for like a day and you all know the words already and that was so beautiful Aww. and I was like who are all these people like I thought it would just be like close friends there but there was like people that I've never seen before as well so that was really beautiful yeah we always say we, you know you've made it when your friends fans are playing to people that you don't know when they yeah. go like, what's your story like you know, yeah. co-workers like <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Lazy Susans have a new EP out It's called Are You Okay It is out now through Resist Records And Muncie Girls have a new album out too It's called Fixed Ideals And you can get it in Australia Through the wonderful people at Lost Boy Records Landy, Tones, thank you both so much For taking the time to chat to me today Much appreciated Thank you, thank you. I'm David Jim John And all my friends and buffers <laughs>